Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and you've joined us on this second Sunday of Advent. So last week I spoke about the return of Jesus Christ. Now we know he's coming soon, but as St. Peter reminds us in the second reading, soon can mean anywhere from this year to a thousand years from now, right? doesn't necessarily even mean in our lifetimes, but when he does come, what can we expect? We actually see three elements of Christ's return in today's scripture readings that we believe as Catholics are going to happen when the Lord comes again in glory. So the first one is called the Last Judgment, also known as the General Judgment. You see, at the end of time, every soul that has ever existed will gather in the presence of the Lord, and he will reveal every single consequence of every choice we've made, for good or for ill. So in other words, we're going to understand how our lives impacted human history. The secret prayers, the hidden acts of charity, the private sins, the hidden thoughts of judgment, all of this is going to be revealed, and we're going to be able to see how we all fit into the grand, mysterious, beautiful plan of God's providence. Every now and then, here on this earth, we get a glimpse into such things. And I remember going to seminary with this guy by the name of Clinton. He lived across the hall from me, and this guy complained about everything. Literally nothing was to his liking. He complained about the buildings and the teachers and the food. And after a while, it's kind of a downer to spend so much time with somebody who just never has a positive thing to say about anything. So finally, one day, he's complaining once again. We're just hanging out together. And I got so fed up with his complaining that I turned to him and I said, You know what, Clinton? You're just not happy here, but I got to go pray, so I'm going to the chapel. Goodbye. I'm leaving. And he turned to me and he said, you know, hey, please pray for me. And I turned and I shot back at him and I said, no, you pray for yourself. And I went to the chapel. And, you know, later on, I felt kind of bad. I was like, man, that was kind of rude. You know, so I went up to Clinton and I apologized and, and everything was good in between us. So fast forward three years and he's about to be ordained a priest. And he came up to me one day and he said, you know, I just wanted to thank you for saving my vocation. And I said, what in the world are you talking about? And he said, you remember that time that you told me to go pray for myself? He said, he said that he realized the reason why he was so miserable was because he hadn't really prayed for himself. He hadn't really developed a personal friendship with Christ. And so from that time on, that day, he started to pray and he started to cultivate a real spiritual life. And he said that's what kept him in the seminary. And now he's a priest today in Louisiana. And I was taken aback because I was like, wow, man, that, that thing I said to him, which probably really was rude and unkind in itself, ended up really changing the trajectory of his life. You know, at the last judgment, all of that will be revealed. All the consequences of all our sins and our good deeds. Now, that can be a little unnerving, right? But it should also prompt us to live as men and women of integrity, knowing that even our hidden thoughts and our hidden actions are not going to be hidden for eternity. They will be known by all. So a second thing that we see uh, from today's scriptures about the last times is that the world is going to be destroyed and there will be a new creation, a new heavens and a new earth. You know, it's really not just mankind that is broken and fallen. You see, since human beings were meant to have dominion over creation, so because when we fell, all of creation fell with us. We took the world down with us. And that's why we see things like natural disasters and cancer and all sorts of disorder springing forth even in the natural world. But at the end of time, God's new creation will be the earth as it was meant to be in all of its glory and its order and its beauty unimaginable. And once again, you know, in the lives of the saints, sometimes we see that. It's a great story from 1200s where in the small town in Italy called Gubbio, there was a wolf that had been terrorizing the people of that town. The wolf had attacked several people at night and even had eaten some of them. It was a rather dangerous creature. 
And so the people of Gubbio had heard that St. Francis had power over the natural world, and so they besought him to come and do something about this wolf. And so Francis was nearby, and so he prayed about it, and he felt the Holy Spirit inspire him with what to do. And so he went with the townspeople out to the wolf's lair, to a cave out in the wilderness. And basically, he called the wolf forth. And when the wolf came out, he was growling. But St. Francis made the sign of the cross over him, and the wolf just simply settled down and listened. And so Francis got down on his knees to be eye-level with the wolf, and he said, Brother wolf, why are you terrorizing these people who are made in the image of God? If these townspeople promise to feed you every day, will you live in peace with them? And according to all the eyewitnesses, the wolf placed its forepaw within Francis' hand to accept this deal. Francis then stood up and preached kind of a sermon to the people, saying, Look, if we are so afraid of the jaws of this beast, why are we not more afraid of the jaws of hell, which are wide and gaping for all those who die in sin? So for the rest of that wolf's life, it really was kind of like a cherished pet from the town of Gubbio. It was a welcome friend in town. And when the wolf died, it was given a very reverential burial inside the parish church itself. And not too long ago, there was some archaeological digs happening in the church, and they found actually the skeleton of a wolf under the church floorboards in the town of Gubbio. Pretty remarkable. But that's exactly an example of that order returning to the natural world through the sanctity of a saint. And soon, someday, that natural goodness will come back to all of creation when Christ comes to judge the living and the dead. Finally, a last thing that's going to take place is that we are going to receive back our bodies in a glorified form. In fact, we say that every single week in the creed that I believe in the resurrection of the body, right? And it makes sense because in and through our bodies do we sin or do good works. It's in and through our bodies that we practice virtue or that we fall into vice. And so it's necessary that our bodies participate in either the good things of heaven or the sufferings of hell. You know, think about that for a moment. That means that these eyes, the same eyes that you have, are someday going to look upon the face of Jesus Christ. That those ears, the same ears with which you listen to all kinds of music on the radio, are someday going to hear the singing of angels. That's why it's so important here to keep our senses and our bodies as living sacrifices, that everything we do in our body truly glorifies the Lord. My friends, you know, for centuries, people eagerly anticipated the coming of the Messiah, the one who was going to fa finally break the ancient curse of sin. And it took a long time, it took centuries, but God did remain faithful to his promise in a way we never could have expected. He sent not a prophet, but his only son to die for us. In centuries since, we've eagerly awaited the fulfillment of the second part of God's promise, that he's going to have Christ come again to bring creation to its full glory. And, you know, we can have that same confidence that no, longer how, no matter how long it takes, God will be faithful to finish his work. And so with Christians throughout the ages, we cry out saying, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm.